listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. Well, not my family, my husband. He can tell more jokes, he can tell more stories than anybody. It's so great to be back here and see, see all of you, some familiar faces. Uh, it's been an interesting few years, huh? But God is, I just believe this is the late, late show and it's a dress rehearsal for the end times. So, you know, the, this morning I'm, I'm gonna share with you uh, just, well, let me just start. In 1991, at 4.31 a.m., we had a, an earthquake, Northridge earthquake. You may have heard about it, and it just shook everything. It felt like it wasn't some earthquakes are like rolling earthquakes, but this one was like they picked up the house and just slammed it down over and over again. And so for two weeks after that, at 4.31 a.m., every morning I woke up just something inside of me was shaken. And I, I had my own personal earthquake in July 31st, 1982. And some of you maybe have heard me share this before uh, when my first husband went home to be with Jesus and I was left with two little kids and what in the world am I gonna do? Trying to figure out here I'm in Hollywood, have hardly any money. And, um, and God spoke to me to keep going on with the ministry and I'm like, are you serious? I'm a mom, I'm a housewife, I'm the person behind the scenes that do, do, does all the cooking and all that kind of stuff, you know, the serving. And, uh, and then I was kind of went through this time of, okay, God, you want me to do this, but where's the money gonna come from? Because <laughs> most of our finances came from Charles traveling all over the country. And then again, and I'm, if you've heard this before, I'm just gonna make this real quick, but. Um, as a matter of fact, how many of you have never heard us before, or heard the ministry? Okay, oh, quite a few actually. And so then uh, I was reading my Bible one day and I was asking God, you know, where is the money gonna come from? I can't travel with two little kids. And I was reading in the Amplified Version and it said, fear not. And I had a lot of fear at that time. It says, I will provide for and support you and your little ones. I'm thinking, I know I've read that before because it's in Genesis, you know. And so I just said, okay, God, I'm just going to trust you and I'm going to begin. But there was many, many nights I woke up, you know, what in the world am I going to do? How am I going to handle this? And how is the ministry going to be provided for? Discouragement and, you know, feeling overwhelmed, inadequate. And sometimes people are going through that right now. There's a lot of fear in our world, and it's real. Fear of coronavirus, fear of uh, now the other uh, Delta and all the others that are coming, fear of uh, racial uh, injustices, fear of you know, losing a job, fear of going to school, fear of not being politically correct, fears of failure, fears of rejection. There's so much fear in the world, the critical race theory you know, that's being taught in school. So, this fear is just trying to take over and overwhelm our country, or actually our world. 
Uh, as a matter of fact, I was just, when we were saying, singing, uh, lead me to the cross, just this morning I was watching a video of some Afghanistan Christians and they were kneeling and they were just shooting them right in the head. And I'm thinking, are we really, really ready to be led to the cross? You know, we're talking serious stuff in these countries. And as Americans, we have not ever faced those kind of things and pray we don't. I pray, you know, that God gives us mercy and he gives us wisdom of how to navigate through all of it. But, uh, you know, not, Dr. Caroline Leaf, anybody read any of her books and stuff? Yes, I love her books. And uh, she's a neurologist. And she says that fear is one of those things that um, releases chemical responses in us. Over 1,400 physical and chemical responses are released in us when we are facing a fearful situation. And uh, over 30 uh, neurotransmitters and what was the other? Neurotransmitters and hormones released inside. So fear causes this stress reaction in our bodies which then causes uh, toxic chemicals to be released. No wonder God says, fear not, so many times in the Bible, over and over and over again, do not fear. So we're facing some things in our country and in the world right now, and that fear can be very real. Um, so many people fear the vaccination, fear of not taking, fear of taking you know, the vaccination. And 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and sound mind. And boy, don't we need the sound mind. We need good mental health these days. And the New Living uh, Translation says that it's self-discipline. I think we have to self-discipline ourselves to not allow fear to overtake us, not allow the, to be overwhelmed with things. And I've, I've faced lots and lots of stuff in my life and have had to face those times of just, okay, this is what you do, and I'm gonna get to those things in a few minutes. Um, I remember taking our grandson, Asher. He was about two and a half years old, and I, we were taking him to his swim lessons. And he was a great swimmer already at two and a half. And then the teacher said, okay, now we're going to go off the diving board today. And he looked at her with these big eyes, and then he sat down and he just started to cry. No, I can't do that. You know? So she just went and got his hand, and she took him off the board, went off, and now he's like a junior lifeguard. He has just overcome all those fears, and God wants us to overcome the fears in our life. Um, you know, I love in the Bible where it talks about just uh, real human beings. Sometimes people get the feeling that these people are just somewhat supernatural, and but the Lord gives us hints that they're real people. And today I'm going to share with you about Gideon in Judges 6. Uh, Gideon lived in a country that was in turmoil. The Midianite Taliban was destroying everything, burning their homes, and the people were self-quarantining themselves in caves. They were hiding out because they, they were had a lot of fear in their lives, and so they self-isolated themselves. They probably had a famine going on. I don't know about the toilet paper, if it was on the shelves or not. <laughs> 
But um, Gideon and now is hiding out in a wine press. Gideon uh, 6, verse 12, if you're following along. He's hiding in a wine press. He's got a few grains of wheat. He's crushing it, trying to make some tortillas for the day, you know. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to him. And he says, oh, mighty hero, the Lord is with you. I can just imagine Gideon, what? I'm hiding out in the wine press. I'm, you know, scared to death and, and trying to figure out who's he talking to, mighty hero, because I don't think Gideon felt like he was a mighty hero. But you know what? God has to remind us that he's with us, uh, that he's with us in every situation that we go through. And, and unfortunately, Jesus said we're going to have tribulation. We're going to have some troubles in this earth. And now there's some theology that you get saved and everything's perfect, it's wonderful, and you're blessed and, you know, just... But that is not correct theology <laughs> because you are going to have some tri tribulation. You are going to have some trials. And, um, but he says we can go through these. Just like uh, he was talking earlier, the worship leader, about, you know, getting to the mountains in Colorado and all of a sudden they're there. Well, the Lord makes a way for us to go through those things, and I am so thankful for that. Um, so, verse 13, if the Lord's with us, then why is all this happening to us? Isn't that the question we, when we are faced with some problems and some, you know, you've gotten a, a diagnosis of, or cancer or different things? Why, God? Or you find, lose your job. Why, God? You know, we start to ask those questions. And he said, if, if the Lord's with us, why is all this happening to us? And where are all the miracles of our fathers told us about? I love Gideon. He's a real man, you know. <laughs> okay, you're the angel of the Lord. Then why isn't this happening, you know? And some of us, that's the first question we ask when we're facing stuff and facing. And the, even the world if, if God's a loving God, then why are all these children starving? You know, they're always asking that, those kind of questions. And I found out doubt and unbelief are just like weeds that just pop up. Anybody got weeds in your garden? I'm sure when we get home, we've been gone three weeks, or this is our third week, we're going to have weeds. So, and in our mind, it just pops up these doubt, unbelief, why, why, and you just got to pull those weeds out and you start to speak what God says, declaring the miracles. Tell your children and your grandchildren what God's done. Ron and I do this quite often. Uh, we remember when we, um, well, one time we were releasing a building and the uh, landlord, I called him up because our building was going the lease was almost up. And I said, is there any way we can go on a month-to-month -month lease? And he immediately started cussing me out. He started like, I can't stand you people. You bring all these people that you're ministering, or he didn't say ministering, but all you people you're working with. And uh, he was just real, real adamant, get out. And so I said, okay, okay, when we're, the lease is up, we'll be out. We didn't know where we were going to go, what we were going to do, but we just know we've always had to trust God in every situation. So two weeks later, I get a phone call from his son, and his son said, um, I have a question for you. Are you interested in going on a month-to-month -month lease? 
my, my father uh, dropped dead just recently, and now we're having to reorganize. And I thought, hmm, that's interesting. You know, right after I've talked to him, he, he just dropped dead. I'm not saying anything, you know. It's, uh, <laughs> but, but God has worked out just ways. You know, he is the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. He is the light in the darkness. And I know that's why he keeps us in Hollywood, because we are the light in dark, dark city. As a matter of fact, it's so hard. We don't even have that many churches in Hollywood. Uh, it's, there's a huge need in that city. We've helped three different churches get started in our building but then they have to move out when they find out how much you really have to pay for rent, and they've moved to the valley and different places. So we start to declare the miracles, remember the things that God's done. And then verse 14, the angel tells Gideon to go and save Israel from the Midianite Taliban. Okay, right. <laughs> you just imagine us facing the Taliban today, and we're supposed to go and save them, you know. And then verse 15, he says, Oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan's the weakest, and I'm the least in my father's house. And isn't that how we feel about ourselves many times? We, we feel inadequate. We feel like we can't do this. There's just no way, you know, that I can face a crowd like that or face a Taliban or gangs and stuff. And, and believe me, I've felt that many, many times. And... Um, but we need to change our family history and our legacy. We're not the weakest. As God sees us differently than we see ourselves. And remember that he doesn't just see the, the weakness and stuff, but he sees the spirit of the living God inside of us, that we are mighty men and women of God, that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, that in our weakness, he is strong. And we have to speak those things and remember that. Um, and then, you know, sometimes we see our weakness, we see our poverty, we see our lack, we see our bodies getting older. Few of us are in here. <laughs> All you young ones, you just, you know, ignore this. Um, somebody asked me recently, well, what inspired you to get up in the morning? And I said, my bladder. <laughs> <laughs> And now, and now I, I need to wear my shoes, put in my um, memory soles in my shoes every morning so I can go to the kitchen and look, what am I here for, you know? So, you know, as we get older, we have even more things that we have to, we have to depend on the Holy Spirit because he, he is called our helper. Um, so I'm going to talk today about our faith vaccination. This is not about you taking the vaccination or not taking the vaccination. It's not about the political stuff, but a faith vaccination that every single one of us need in our lives to, to, to treat against the fear virus, that thing that gets inside of us and starts to mess with our brain. Hebrews 13, 6 says, the Lord is my helper, so I will not be afraid. He is our helper. We have the Holy Spirit, the one who helps us in every single situation. And believe me, I faced some situations with some gangbangers. Uh, one night I was driving home and, and late at night, and this young man's riding with me, and he had come out of Watson South Central, and he said, 
get out of here. I tur was turning around, Allie, get out of here quick, you know. So I've been in a few of those kind of situations, but the Holy Spirit has always been there. Ron has had, oh, he's been threatened with ice pick, a pit, an axe one time. We nicknamed him Ronbo, as he <laughs> just faces all kinds of stuff. Uh, one time we had the occult shop that was right down the street from us, and some homeless people told us they were up on our building, they were sprinkling powders over the building, putting a curse on us. And uh, we just, you know what, we're not worried about it. God's protected us and stuff. Well, it wasn't long after that, that cult shop burned to the ground. Again, I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> don't mess with God's people. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Did you get that? Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God wants to meet every single need. I, this year, when we started giving out the meals and praying with people, you know, people, were they were full of fear. They were full of... Uh, anxiety. Where? What are we going to do? How are we going to supply for our families? And yet, we just kept God give us. He gave us all these supplies that we could give out to other people. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. What are you needing today? Faith is the currency of heaven. See, we go to you know Walmart and we buy something with some dollar bills or credit card or check. You know. Uh, but I don't know, does anybody use checks anymore? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but if you need something from God, you need your faith. That is the currency that gets things from God. And so what are you needing today? I remember when uh, my first husband went home to be with Jesus, and I had these two little kids, and we had moved 14 times in 14 years. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I cannot keep doing this with two little kids. And I thought, I need a house, uh, not just a renter, uh, renting and then having to move again and then renting and having to move again. And I just started praying, Lord, I need a house. And it's a whole nother story, but God provided a house for us. Now, we've been married 35 years and it, Ron has done lots of things to fix it up. I figured when he'd go over in the building and check it out. He's the neighborhood inspector. He's always checking everybody's buildings. <laughs> so he's done lots of things to fix our house. And we own a home in California. Now, I don't know if you know, that's a miracle from God. <laughs> but he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And I, you know, we bought the house many, many years ago, and how he's blessed. As a matter of fact, we bring kids out. We have a pool, so we have baptisms and things like that. And one little girl walked in one day, and she says, is this a regular house, or is this a mansion? See, for these kids, they live in one or two rooms, and there may be eight to ten people living. It's my, and mine are the one you saw on the video. He grew up in Hollywood, 13 people in their family, and they lived in one room. We couldn't even figure out how they got all their bodies laid down, on the, and we gave them a bunk bed, and six people slept in the bunk bed. So he knows the, the heartache and the pain and the poverty that most of these kids live in. Um, and then I was diagnosed with melanoma cancer many years ago, 
and God has healed me. The second time was in lymph nodes. And then in 2019, I was diagnosed with breast cancer, and God healed me again. He is a rewarder. We keep trusting him. We keep looking to him no matter what we're facing. And yes, we do face problems. We face stuff in this world. But God, like I said before, he takes us through the, the things that we go through. He's the way maker. He is the miracle worker. He is the promise keeper. Uh, the CDC director just recently, Dr. Walensky, he said the virus remains in search of the next vulnerable person to inf infect. And I thought to myself, that's like the devil, you know? He's always looking for the vulnerable person. And that's why we take care of our bodies and we try to do the best we can in those areas. But don't allow the fear to come in because that will, that will do more damage than anything. We want to walk in faith and trust in him. Uh, ways to keep vaccinated with faith to destroy the fear virus. I'm going to talk about the booster shots that we need to get daily. One of them is remembering his faithfulness. You know, sometimes uh, and we'll be driving down the road and we'll remember when God did this. Remember, uh, it was our 35th anniversary. We're going through all these pictures and we started to remember, oh, remember when that happened? Remember when this happened? And, the, and starting to remember lives that have been changed and transformed and God being so faithful. During the recession, um, I have a an audit done every year and the CPA came in and he said he said Judy it sure doesn't look good right now and I said yes I know and he's not a believer and he said what are y'all going to do if you lose this building and I said you know what we're not going to lose this building God has been faithful he did a miracle even for us getting in the building we closed escrow and this was many years ago closed escrow, and we didn't have a dollar left after we closed escrow, and Ron estimated at least 350000 to do the remodel that we needed. And you know what this is like, right? To <laughs> go through remodels. And so we just started with, give us this day our daily plumbing, give us this day our daily electricity, you know, just God providing one thing at a time, and you just keep walking, putting one foot in front of the next foot. So remembering his faithfulness. So the next year, the CPA came back, and uh, one of the interns and a young man that had actually lived with us, and he's very entrepreneurial. He's up in Wisconsin now, married with three kids. He came back, and he said, I want to pay off the rest of your building. And he paid the building off. And so the CPA came in, and he said, Oh my goodness, <laughs> he was just blown away. But remember his faithfulness. Start to recall how God took you through this, how he provided this way, how he's healed you, how he's done these different things. And then hearing, hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So remembering, hearing, and then declaring not just hear it with your ears and then you forget it, but start to declare what God's word says. You start to speak over your health, your finances, your family. Oh, my goodness, I tell you, have I done that over my children and 
that you know have gone up and down. I, I'm sure none of you have kids like that, uh, but I've gone through some challenges with them. But God has been faithful. As a matter of fact, I got word that my daughter and son-in-law and family are coming back. We were telling Dan and Connie because they live in New Zealand. So it looks like they're coming back home, and she says, I'll talk to you today, and yay, I'm all excited. <laughs> uh, so declaring what his word says about all the things that you go through, that in our weakness, he is strong, that he is the healer of our bodies. By his stripes, we were healed. Yeah. Speaking those things, you know, we sometimes we get it up here, but we need to hear ourselves and let the devil hear us speak these things in truth. Um, then thanking him, an attitude of gratitude. We need to learn to thank him. That's one of the problems with the children of Israel and why they ended up in the wilderness for so long. They just grumbled and complained. Oh, I want to go back to the old days, you know. You know, if you're looking in the rear view mirror too long, you're going to crash. So you've got to keep looking, you know, glance every once in a while, but you keep moving forward. And so developing that, th that thankfulness. Now, it, my natural tendency is to be a worrier. I, is there anybody other, else in here? Okay, we got two or three of us, you know. The rest of you pray for us, okay? In Philippians 4, 6 through 7, it says, Don't be anxious, anxious or worried about anything. Okay, right, God. <laughs> Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Declaring, thanking him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. And you know what, folks? We're, it may get worse in the world we live in. And I don't mean to be bare of bad news, but we are getting closer and closer to the end times. I don't know when Jesus is coming back, but things are crazy right now. Is our world upside down or what? You know, when people are saying what's wrong is right and what's right is wrong. So um, somebody just recently, and I won't say her name, but she said, you know, the Texas law uh, about abortion that that's immoral. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> you know, how can you say that's immoral? Killing babies is immoral, you know. So, you know, you probably know who I'm talking about. Anyway, <laughs> God bless her and we pray, 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 pray for those in authority over us. We desperately need it because God made a covenant with this nation to bless the other nations and we need to keep this nation right. Okay, don't get political. All right. Um, you know, some of the things God, uh, like Ron was telling you, the complex. I remember one time thinking, Lord, we need an apartment building. It's expensive to live in California, if y'all don't know it or not. Our gas is like $5 a gallon right now. Um, you can get it a little bit cheaper at Costco, but it's expensive. And then apartments, you know, I mean, you can't even get an apartment for 1000 or 1500 I don't think, anymore. Um, maybe one room for a thousand. So, so I kept saying, Lord, we need an apartment complex where we can put staff and interns. And, uh, and the Lord worked this out for us to buy this this past year during COVID and how he made a way, currency of heaven, 
faith is the currency of heaven. What do you need from him today? Um, and then the last thing. So we're remembering, we're hearing, we're declaring, we're thanking him from our mouth. And then the last one is giving. We need to learn to be givers because that's faith. When you learn to, and I'm not just talking about finances, although I really do believe that very strongly. And I believe that's what's kept us in Hollywood for 43 years is because we are givers. Uh, finances, give of our time, give of our energy. Ron and I've had many people live with us. Uh, the last one, Jojo, she's in uh, Korea right now teaching English, got saved when she was, um, I think, 12 years old. And her mom had died, and so we moved her in, and she finished high school, or did GED, and then she went to college, and great, great young woman. God has just transformed her life so much. And, but it's giving of yourself, giving of your life to somebody. And I remember one night when I was just really having a tough time uh, after my first husband had died. And I, you know, and I'd, I'd look like I'm fine right now, and I am. God, God has healed me. But I was doing what I call sucking carpet. Anybody ever sucked carpet? <laughs> Down on my face, and I'm like crying, and I'm bawling, and I'm like, oh, God. And, and the Lord spoke to me this scripture. Just popped in my mind, give, and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together. And I immediately thought, yeah, I know that, God. I've proven that true in finances. And he said, give out of your own broken heart. Give out of your own pain. And as I started to do that, you know, and I found a little girl on Hollywood Boulevard, 14 years old, and uh, started talking with her. And after about 45 minutes, she just reached over and hugged me. And she said, you know what? I just so appreciate that you just listened tonight. She said, my mom gives me $40 every weekend because the mom's boyfriend comes over and she wants her to get, get lost. So she comes to Hollywood, and so I just was the ears of Jesus that day, giving of ourselves in whatever way. He's called us to do that. And I, I challenge you to give of your finances. Give to this house because that will bless. We, we are teaching and training up our young people. As a matter of fact, two of our, our kids that came out of Kids Club, they... Um, they, they kept hearing us talking about how God wants to bless us. He wants to provide. He wants to meet all of our needs. And these two little girls went home and told, her, told their parents. And these parents are partiers. And they're like, yeah, right, uh-huh. You know? <laughs> and uh, their apartment building was going to be torn down. And so they, uh, they said, we need more room. The little girls, we need more room. And so the parents were had to make a choice. Either they would take some money and move to another place or let the, the apartment complex put them in a place. And they decided to let the apartment or the uh, builder put them in a new complex. They moved them into a four-bedroom, uh, has a balcony, kitchen, living room. And I mean, they've moved from two rooms, and there's probably eight of them in the family, two rooms, to now a four-bedroom, and these girls are just like, see, God answered our prayer. And the, par the parents are like, hmm, maybe we better check this God thing out. <laughs> 
And they ended up going to church, and the father said he felt like the arms of Jesus just were around him when he walked into church. Now they're saved. They're walking with God. So, you know, God wants to bless us. He wants to, uh, but it's learning to be givers in, of our own selves, our own energy. So remembering, hearing, declaring, thanking, and then giving of ourselves. And so I want to close with um, just praying for anybody. Maybe you've been faced with some fear and worry, anxiety lately. And then, uh, and then I want to pray also, because I never assume just because you're in church, you're automatically a Christian. You know, live in a garage all week, that doesn't make you a car, right? <laughs> Although in California, a lot of people are living in garages these days. <laughs> But anyway, and oh, by the way, speaking of that, the homeless issue from that video is much, much worse now. It's crazy worse. I mean, along the freeways, tents, tents everywhere in the city. Um, so there's a big, big need in, in Hollywood. In the, it's a mission field, that's for sure. Uh, just want to first pray for anybody that's never given your life to Jesus. And today he's knocking. He just knocks at our heart, and he says, will you, will you just open your heart to me? It doesn't mean he's going to make you a religious robot. It means that he wants to love you. He wants to take you. He wants to help you to walk through life. And with all the Christians praying right now, I just want to know if there's anybody here and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. I haven't done that before, but today is the day, and I want to do it. Just slip your hand up so I can see you if there's anybody. I'm going to look over the room real quick. Anybody? Okay. Then I want to pray for those who maybe worry, anxiety, fear has just tried to come into your, your heart and your brain. That's the biggest battle is right in your own brain. And, and you want to be prayed just for me to pray with you about this. Is there anybody here? Just slip your hand up. Okay. Okay. Anybody else? Lord, you see the hands of the people who have been facing some fear, fear and worry and anxiety. And Lord, I just pray as we all face greater challenges in our lives, especially in these end times, that you will give us just your grace and your mercy, your wisdom. We will hear your voice. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that right now as these uh, people who have raised their hands, that they will, they will just cast these cares upon you, that, Lord, you will heal, you will bring your peace, you'll bring your grace and your, your mercy, Father, to be free from any fear, be free from these strongholds that try to get in our minds and our bodies and try to uh, just cause us not to walk in the freedom that you want us to have. So, Father, we thank you and I praise you for working in every single heart. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.